We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Timeline is a Blue Wire podcast. Sam, the Phoenix Suns took a real punch to the mouth in this game and lost game one, 107 to 125 to go down 0-1 in the semifinals of the Western Conference. How are you doing? Uh, fine, I, I guess. A good old <laughs> ass kicking, uh, which is hopefully precisely what they needed in game one. Uh, actually, the final score just came in. It's 125-107. They made a little bit of a run here. I think both of us, we shut the game off with, with the last two minutes to yeah, go. Yeah, a minute and, and a half maybe, yeah. I, I was thinking maybe we would even be able to hit the record button before the uh, the final score even came in. It looks like they made a tiny bit of a run there. Um, obviously, a really bad result for the Suns tonight. Uh, where do you want to go first? Uh, well, I have a few thoughts. I think, uh, first of all, I think we should just give credit to the Denver Nuggets, who I think... We're just firing on all cylinders here. You know, maybe even just outside of Jokic, because I think Jokic, who still benefits the game regardless of his scoring, but didn't really... I mean, he had 24 points to end this, but it wasn't like it was he's, him just beating the hell out of the Suns. He shot 9 he's for 21. Not, he's not the story of the game, not even close. Yeah. I mean, he was he was great, but he's not the story of the game. But it's, everyone um, else... Exactly, yeah. ...essentially was firing on all cylinders. Jamal Murray, who I think... I mean, for the last few years has probably been looking forward to the opportunity of doing something like this. Just had uh, one of the best games that he's played in the playoffs and um, especially outside of the bubble. And he was incredible. And I think that was probably the main story of the game, but you look at everything else, Aaron Gordon, who was, was three phenomenal. for four from three, nine for 13 from the field had 23 points, um, an amazing game for him. And then I think the rest of the role players played, their role relatively well. Bruce Brown, 14 points. You know, Contavious Caldwell-Pope had 10. He'll have games where he has 10. He'll have games where he has 15. Usually doesn't explode for more than that, but I think he mm-hmm. did what he needed to do. I think you can say Michael Porter Jr. could do more, and he still can. Um, that was one guy who maybe didn't explode the way that he's capable of. And I, But explode, I think he played pretty good defense for this game uh, for what he can do. 
Absolutely. I mean, he didn't explode, but not everyone can explode on the same night. They, they still finished with 125 points. And really, it starts with Jamal Murray. He was incredible. Uh, 34 points, 5 rebounds, 9 assists, 13 of 24 from the field. Here's the big one for me. 6 of 10 from deep. Yeah. Um, this is a big conversation we need to have. Like, I'm sorry I've been talking about it so much, but we, like, to have a lead guard take 10 threes, to ha- have a lead guard even take two threes uh, when compared to, to the type of performance that the Suns lead guard put up uh, tonight. I thought Devin Booker had a very good game in some respects. But in other respects, he played 40 minutes. He took one three-point attempt the entire game. It's unacceptable going forward, and it can't continue in the series if the Suns want to win. Not to throw it all on on Booker because there are so many reasons they lost this game. He's not even in the top three or top five probably, but it's just one thing that irked me as, uh, as I look at the kind of game that Jamal Murray had. Aaron Gordon, I think the Suns had the right strategy, the right approach, which was to not guard him <laughs> when he attempted threes. That's... Uh, this is a guy who shot, I think, 21, 22% from deep post-All-Star break. Didn't have a particularly good shooting series against the Minnesota Timberwolves either. Uh, and then comes into this game, he shoots three or four, uh, yeah. three of four. Mm-hmm. So so good for him. He, he shot the shit out of the ball uh, as well. In general here, the Nuggets shot 16 of 37 as a team. 43%, that's obviously a good percentage. But also just the fact that they took basically twice as many attempts. Yeah, uh, the, as Suns the Suns did. stats are a lie too. Like it shows seven for twenty three, but they were on pace to shoot less than that. They probably launched a they few launched, at the end of the game. They yeah. launched at the end when guys like Terrence uh, Ross came in, and yeah, they. Um, it's uh, I don't, I don't know. Props to the Nuggets. Um, yeah, but on the Suns side, that's a massive issue. Well, and it just continues to be. If you just look at the stats, right? If you just sort of stare at the box score here, you have Kevin Durant 12 for 19, Devin Booker 10 for 19, 29 and 27 points respectively. One three-pointer <laughs> out of the two of them, if you combine it. And, uh, you know, just looking at those stats alone, they can't really guard Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. I, I think Devin Booker could play even better than this, too. Um you know, I think he had a stretch where he was struggling in the first half. He could play even better. And uh, Durant, that's about as good as you can get from 19 shots, 29 points. It's, it's difficult to do better than that. Can they get more shots up? Yeah, probably. It's tough when you have a lot less spacing than you should be capable of having because of the severe lack of three-point shooting that you talked about. But for the entirety of the game, if you look at it this way, Durant and Booker were guarded well but they still scored and the Nuggets scored 125 the Suns only scored 107 then you look at everything outside of that right DeAndre and by the way the Suns played through him for a significant stretch of this game still ended with 14 points Josh Okogie only took three shots one for three uh, scored two happy to see him start not sure you could do it again I think we can talk about that in a little bit <laughs> that's yeah that's fair Chris Paul one for five from three and mm-hmm. look he has to shoot them you know, too many of them in this game were, oh, we just passed it to Chris Paul with three seconds left on the shot clock. There's a defender in his face. He's just launching a leaning back fadeaway three to try to score. And 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 just like we said, it's a credit to the Nuggets for playing that well. And it's particularly easy to do that with Chris Paul, who doesn't have a fast shot. He shoots kind of slow. But the Suns have to find more ways to generate uh, three-point shots. And I guess I could just throw this one in right away. Um, they got to start a three-point shooter. I think it's got to be, and I know this is crazy, and maybe they wouldn't do this this early, 
But I almost think you should start Terrence Ross or Damian Lee right away for game two. That's really interesting. I'll tell you right now, Monty's not about to start Terrence Ross. He yeah. won't even play him. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he's going to start Damian Lee either. I mean, look, so you've completely abandoned the Josh Okoge experiment after one game. I Because he didn't, he did not impede Jamal at all from getting to his spots no. uh, in this game. I agree. Yeah. Neither did Tori, who no. got a fair amount of reps on Jamal as well. Yeah. Um, but by far the guy who performed the worst against Jamal Murray, by the way, was Landry Shamit. Yeah. Uh, when, whenever Jamal, uh, kind of saw him in his sight, wanted to get that switch and specifically exploit that mismatch. And, uh, I don't even think it was necessarily that Landry did such a bad job with trying to get a hand up and contest. It's just Jamal was, he was on one. He was well, on yeah, a tear. In and- some, in some sense, Jamal Murray isolating and trying to shoot shots on Landry Shamit is, should be good for the Suns. But some nights he's going to hit all of them. And this was a night where he hit all of them. Um, So, you know, because it takes the nuggets outside of the offense that they want to play, which is more screening, uh, pick and rolls. Jamal Murray, one of the best off-ball cutters, you know, whether that be to the rim or just back out to the three-point line to get wide open shots. Essentially, this game, he was playing like Steph Curry um, and just getting some some great shots outside of that off-ball movement. Um, But... I just don't know that you could look at the way the Suns are generating offense for players outside of um, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant and not think, okay, I understand the scenario we're in. Because here's, here's the reality of what the Suns' makeup of their team is right now. And this is going to catch up with them some at some point. People on uh, Discord will remember that I talked specifically about this Denver series about a month ago. But they have Durant and Booker, who can shoot everything, right? They can shoot from three. They can get to the rim. Mm-hmm. They can shoot from mid-range. They should be allowed to do all of that. And then you have DeAndre, who can't shoot threes. You have Chris Paul, who essentially can't shoot threes. And then you're going to put another player in there who can't shoot threes. You can get away with that against a lot of teams. I'm not sure you can get away with it in a series where it's going to be an offensive battle, no matter how you look at it. And look, they can play defense better. And I think that's kind of the point you were getting at with maybe giving up on the Josh Okogie experiment a little too early. They can play defense better. But I'm not totally convinced that you can get away with playing Devin Booker and Kevin Durant and three guys who don't shoot threes, essentially. Outside yeah, no, of I, I get it. I just, I, I guess I just want to remind you of the, the point of the Okogie experiment was event creation on defense and offensive rebounding. And plainly did not work tonight, but I don't think that was Akogi's fault necessarily. The the Nuggets had, what did they have? Jesus Christ, they had fourteen steals. Yeah, <laughs> they so had the turnovers. 14, the turnovers were embarrassing. They had fourteen steals uh, to our four, uh, and obviously they murdered us on the offensive glass. They had sixteen to our eight. Lots of self inflicted wounds. You yes. know, I I think the I don't know what they're going to do because I mentioned this on our pregame or our, our preview for this round but my I believe my exact words were if you can't figure out what to do with the Jamal Murray Nikola Jokic pick and roll this series will be a short series and it was awful the defense on that pick and roll in this game I, I don't know if we're going to see some stats about the points per possession on that but it's going to be bad <laughs> it's going to yeah, be, be a really lot bad. of points there's problems with how the Suns are doing it you have a Kogi currently guarding um, and chasing Jamal Murray. And then you have Aiton, who's trying to play up high enough to take away Jamal Murray shooting around that screen or shooting around the DHO because it's not just pick and rolls, it's also DHOs. And then 
Jokic just sort of rumbling and rolling towards the rim. Now Aiton's caught no man land. He can't figure mm-hmm. out if he's guarding uh, Murray, who forced the switch pretty well in the first half, or if he needs to tag uh, Nikola Jokic as he's going to the rim. And Okogi is trying his best to stay on Jamal Murray, and it's just not going yeah, well. But you know, it's got- not a good scenario for DeAndre Aiton in particular. And look, I don't know. I mean, it was it's Josh Okogie's first career playoff start, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if it was nerves for him or what, but yeah. it, he was falling to the ground a lot, and he was getting screened off really easily. This was just not this was not the performance we were hoping for from Josh Okogie. Again, there were many other reasons why the Suns lost this game. It's not like that made all the difference. But no, of course yeah, not. He, he, there's he, two, he stru- and there's also two guys guarding that pick and roll. It, he for, was for all intents and purposes. He was almost as bad. Aiton was very bad. At guarding those actions, but Akogi on the front end, um, in terms of keeping the ball in front, was almost as bad. Unfortunately, he just was. Yeah, yeah, it just did not look good. And I think if you continue to guard it the way that they're currently guarding it, and I think, <laughs> I think it started. Was that your roommate, Sam? <laughs> yeah, he's he's watching the <laughs> fucking Rangers game right now. <laughs> All right, sounds like a good one. Uh, but <laughs> but if they continue guarding it the way that they're currently guarding it, it's just too easy to generate offense off of that. And it's one of the reasons that Jamal Murray is going off the way that he was in this game because you're putting their best offense in his hands. And I think for the Suns, the worst case scenario is Jamal Murray being the highest scorer on the team because that means that he's doing it, in most cases, self-created a lot of times. And 34 points, 9 assists. I mean, you're not going to win a game where he does that. I do think there is a scenario where he continues to be red hot and the Suns can find ways to wins. I don't think it's like Aaron Gordon, where at some point Aaron Gordon's not going to shoot this well. <laughs> you know, Murray might. <laughs> he just might continue might, to shoot might. this well. We've we've seen him obviously play to this level uh, in certain series in the playoffs before. Gordon could continue to punish you with his physicality, but no, I don't think he's... I really doubt Gordon's going to have a series where he shoots 75% from deep. Right, exactly. <laughs> that would be insane. I mean, you lose that one for sure. Um, so the reason I think you have someone like say you put Damian Lee in Terrence Ross, Terrence Ross, you know, capable at chasing the ball probably will foul a little too much, but unafraid to shoot on that catch and must be guarded when he's in the corner or even at the top of the key. I don't. I just yeah, yeah. I'm entirely with you on the philosophy. I just I I don't know if I'd go so far. I I'm I would not be pushed towards that extreme a move in game two. I guess I wasn't swayed to that extent. Uh, that being said, what I would be willing to do is Landry Shamet played 14 minutes tonight, and I would give maybe all of those to Terrence Ross immediately in game two. Landry cannot play. Yeah, you know, it's I, very I, it's beyond clear that he can't play. I understand, but I like. Making, it could be Craig, too. I mean, it, that's probably what Monty would do, actually, is if he wants more shooting, put Craig in. I just yeah, don't think Craig is the same there. type of shooter that... I, I Honestly, I would probably put Damian Lee in. I thought his defense wasn't terrible in this game. You know, he has some level of length, is not too small for his position, and is willing to fight. Yes, he can uh, get pushed around a little bit at his size, but he is willing to fight, and he understands team defense relatively well. He also must be guarded when he's in the corner um and the other thing is look if you're gonna play that pick and roll the way the sun's currently played it and they're clearly not they're gonna have to think of other ways to do it it won't be worse with damian lee maybe just switch it 
right? And then try to scram switch off of Jokic immediately and bring someone like Torrey Craig <sighs> into that action. And I don't just think they're going to be quick enough to to do that, and then Tory's going to be toast. What's the, the other option? Or you know, it's also DeAndre and, the and guarding Murray blitz yeah. it. You know, completely blitz Jamal Murray. Try to force him to Jokic in the middle of the floor, and then I maybe mean, I I never mind trying to get that aggressive. It's just the Suns never do it. It's not something that they've really practiced a lot this year. Yeah, I mean, this is the conversations they're going to have to have. What do they do? on that pick and roll any other ideas just no give, you went give through, a kogi another chance <clears throat> you you went through everything i mean they they could just show it um or they could go zone those are the only other two options that we haven't covered right but uh yeah. by the way no zone defense for the nuggets tonight i know that was something we talked about in the preview no um did not some they just were able to roll with their typical um with their go-to defense, so to speak, and maybe that's a card that they'll reserve for 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 later in the series. But they didn't need it. Um, but yeah, no, they the Suns need to figure it out. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. going to be tough to try to guard a lot of those actions it's something that we tried to put a focus on the suns had the worst i mentioned it on the preview podcast if anyone missed it the suns had the worst defensive rating of any team uh that was left in the playoffs as far as just playoffs defensive rating and look the the clippers play totally different basketball than the nuggets and it's just defense you know they have to lock in but we do have to mention, and, and you talked about it, but the self-inflicted wounds, this is the thing that they can clean up a little better. Seven turnovers for Kevin Durant, that's too many. And they started the game with Kevin Durant on the ball for the majority of that first part of the game. And I understand why. And you know, maybe some of it came from the criticism of him not getting enough shots in the last series. But he was on the ball quite a bit. 
and it just resulted in seven turnovers. He can clean that up pretty well. 16 yeah. as a team is too many. Yeah, it's it's not the Phoenix ba- Suns basketball that we're used to seeing. 20 assists to 16 turnovers uh, traditionally for this team and what they've been over the past three years, since basically since Chris Paul got to town, is uh, we don't see assist-turnover ratios like that out of this team really all that often. And it kind of just... It leads you to a greater conversation to be had about the role of Chris Paul in this series. Um, because Chris Paul's role in this game was weird. He didn't really get... They they had him more on ball in the second half. And there were good stretches where he was able to attack the drop and make some of his typical you know snake pick and roll and, and, and make the elbow mid-range shot. Um, but for the most part, he was reserved to corner three-point duty and taking bailout, like as you said earlier, taking bailout threes with three seconds left on the shot clock when we just know he's not going to be effective in that position. Uh, couple that with the fact that like he played 32 minutes, campaign couldn't get on the floor until, I don't know what the hell's going on with him, but he couldn't get on uh, onto the floor until garbage time. So evidently he is not injured, but he is injured enough maybe that Monty still doesn't trust him or I don't know, but... um. Chris is just he's he's in we talked we've talked all playoffs about this off ball role that Chris Paul is in and he is adapting to, but we didn't expect it to be quite like it looked like tonight, I don't think. This was an extreme version of it. Uh and if if they continue to feature him this little, uh I don't really know what kind of series Chris Paul is gonna have. He's not really gonna have a chance to make an impact on either side of the ball, it seems. Yes. Yeah, uh, you know, they started the second half with Chris Paul running just regular pick and rolls and, and just getting to a spot and shooting. And it almost feels like maybe you should, it, it, this is antithetical to what Chris Paul th- at least has been throughout his career, but maybe it should be the other way around. Maybe it should start with Chris Paul in the first half with the ball in his hands a little bit more. They're playing a drop. You know, they're not playing a drop on, on the other two guys that are handling the ball, but they're playing a drop on Chris Paul. So maybe the game should start with the ball in Chris Paul's hands a little bit. And then maybe that's how you generate some threes since they're in a drop in that scenario. Because if it's Chris Paul, I'm sorry, if it's Devin Booker or Kevin Durant, they're just forcing the ball out of their hands on any pick and rolls, which is forcing them to go into ISO mode. But you put Chris Paul on the ball to start the game. You run some pick and rolls through Chris Paul. You try to space the floor as much as possible with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, and you kind of have to say, fuck what fans think, because they're all going to get mad at the ball not being in Kevin Durant and Devin Booker's hands, but this team, the makeup of this team, does not have shooting without those two guys on the wings at this current yeah. stage. I, I think you get good shots out of it. I don't know how I feel. I don't know if I agree with the theory. Well, just pull him early, get, right? If he's going to be in there for get, five minutes, give him I don't know five that minutes. you get a lot of threes out of it. I think right. you just you get Chris Paul. He snakes. He hits the elbow mid-range or he dumps off to Aiton. Aiton takes his little 12-foot floater, teardrop, whatever. Yeah. Those are the two shots you get out of that action, and it's pretty good offense. It, it is, but it's not necessarily going to generate a lot of threes. That's why I still have my questions about campaign because he really is a guy who puts pressure on the rim and gets downhill and, and can go paint to great, as Monty likes to say, and, and, and kick out to some three-point shooters. And I still have questions about what sort of role he could maybe play in this series, and I'm not really sure why we're seeing him. It was another great thing that the Nuggets did, by the way, just something I was definitely very wrong about in the series preview. Uh, I didn't expect them to to run this much. 
and run this hard not only after misses but also after makes i i yeah they're not a team yeah that ranked uh high in pace this season they're not a team that had uh, a fast pace against the timberwolves in round one either so i didn't expect them to kick our ass to to that extent and, right uh, in transition put, yeah yeah in transition specifically and put their pedal on the gas that much in game one i, I wasn't expecting it but i thought they did a great job of that yeah, and the Suns could do better defending that. They just weren't ready for it a little bit. And on the other side of that, the Suns could run a little bit more too. There was only one player attempting to run in this game, and it was Devin Booker. And this was a kind of a weird game for Devin Booker. Finished with 27-8 and eight with two blocks, one steal. You know, <laughs> now becoming what that would be a bad game for Devin Booker in the playoffs he so had, far. <laughs> he had some awesome defense. He really yeah. did. He had some great verticality at the rim. Uh, he was an impact defender. It's just, you're not DeMar DeRozan, bro. Like, you're not. I've seen you make pull-up threes. You need to yeah. shoot them. You, even in transition, even well, if you think it's bad offense early in the shot clock, like, keep the defense honest. And the other part of that, too, I think, is that he was too often looking for fouls and was just kind of playing the game where trying to get contact on the way to the rim. And I think that that is effective with a, a certain kind of ref. You know, sometimes different refs call games differently. And a certain kind of ref can do that. But early in the game, if you're not getting those calls, which he did end with eight free throws, but if you're not getting those calls, I think you have to find other ways to generate offense. It's tough for Booker that when he calls for DeAndre Ayton or Torrey Craig or whoever Jokic is on at that time, to come set the screen for him, it's just two guys right in front of him. They're not letting him do anything with the ball. And then what does he do? He has to thread it to DeAndre Ayton, basically, and then trust DeAndre Ayton to essentially run the offense at that point. The Suns don't want that. They just don't want that. I'm not sure why we're not getting to the point where Kevin Durant isn't screening for Devin Booker Moore. This is, this is the time to do it. If you're going to have a team that puts yeah. two on the ball... It's because of right. No, you're you're right. Keep going. This is the you're time right. to do it because if if they're going to put two on the ball with Kevin Durant as the other guy as the screener, well, he can shoot from anywhere he catches it. If Devin Booker is able to get the ball to him, anyway. It's, and it's on the other side of that, Booker can screen yep. for KD. You know, no, they yeah. should be screening for each other in these actions if they're going to continue to put two on the ball. It's just it's because of the spacing concerns that you mentioned earlier. They feel like they can't afford to because of the other three guys on the floor. But if, yeah. if, if that's the case, then you're right. Josh Okogie needs to be pulled. Um, and at the very least, Torrey Craig comes in, or, or honestly, you need to throw some minutes at Damian Lee or Terrence Ross, stick those guys in the corner, and then have Booker and KD screen for each other. You need to do whatever you can to give those guys spacing, even if it kind of neutralizes your defense a little bit. Would you want to try Devin Booker on Jamal Murray, or you think we're not there yet? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think he could embrace that challenge. I've been so impressed with... I, I guess a lot of his plays at the rim, really, if I think about it, have been kind of in transition, so it doesn't take him away from around the basket where he's been so effective to, to put him on Murray. Yeah, I think he can, he can handle that. Because if you put Devin Booker on Jamal Murray, and that's a lot of running around for Devin Booker because Jamal Murray, like I said, one of the best off-ball players in the NBA so far, along with Devin Booker. So that's just a lot of running on both sides of that. But... If you do that and you put Torrey Craig in the starting lineup as potentially the shooting juice that they need, you can potentially put uh, Torrey Craig on Aaron Gordon and then maybe switch 
Kevin Durant onto Michael Porter Jr. and play that way. Um, that's just one of the options that's out there because if, if you're if you're willing to put Devin Booker on Jamal Murray, you can kind of change things up a little bit with what you're uh, what you're doing. I'm not sure that that would make for a better pick and roll defense than <laughs> a Kogi and Aiton. Um, uh-huh. But I think the majority of that falls on DeAndre. DeAndre Aiton played really bad pick and roll defense in this game. Really bad. You know, it, and, it looked um, like he, you, you're talking about a center potentially being a liability defensively. In this game, it was the Suns center that was a liability defensively. And it was it was the pick and roll defense, and it was also offensive rebounding. What a lot of that fell on him too. I mean, by the end of the first half, the offensive rebounding advantage for Denver was like ten to one. Yeah, already right. And there were plays for Aiton where you're just you're watching him. He just stands and watches. Yeah, there's a real bad clip that's going to make the rounds, and you know he's going to see it at some point. So maybe it'll light a fire under him. But I'm just so tired of looking for things to light a fire under him. <laughs> I would just like him to play really hard because it's the playoffs. Now, the offensive rebounding numbers for the Nuggets are a little bit of a lie because on one possession, Jokic got like six. uh, Because, well, because, and it was because Aiton was watching, to be fair. Durant was battling him. But I think you can make the case that in this game, the two best defenders of the starting lineup were Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. And they were also the two best offensive players. Look, I'm not going to put it all on the other guys Chris Paul, DeAndre Aiton, Josh Okoge. But you know what? Maybe I am. <laughs> they have to play better. Look at the way other guys played for the Denver Nuggets. Just look at how they played. Look how their role players stepped up and compare that to how the role players on the Suns didn't. And you know, yeah, there, there, there wasn't a single role player on the Nuggets who had a bad game tonight. And ultimately, if you're trying to be optimistic here for the Suns, that's that's what you cling on to, right? Yeah. Can you name a single player who had a bad game for the Nuggets? Yeah, or, Every single or a role player, player on, the, shots. on the Suns who had a good game. Can you name one? <laughs> yeah. I, I, Landale, I think, for a stretch, was actually kind of good. <laughs> yeah, he was kind of good. He, yeah. he punished switches for a little bit there. Um, It's so hard for the Suns role players because none of them get into a rhythm because they don't know if they're, except for Landry, apparently. Yeah. The rest of those guys don't know if they're playing three minutes or uh, 12 minutes or not at all. So I think it's hard for those guys. Let's, uh, but, let's um, talk about the centers real quick, actually. Strategy in this game, Nuggets don't play backup center, right? They 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 go small yep. when Jokic is off the floor. In this game, Aiton came out relatively early. Jokic played some minutes. Actually, no, Aiton stayed in for the Jokic minutes. Either way, when the Nuggets had no center on the floor, they checked DeAndre Aiton back in. They played through DeAndre and offensively. Did not totally buy this stretch of basketball from the Suns, but I also am not completely against it. I do think that... Some of the passes to DeAndre Ayton are what led to some turnovers, and but part of that is just because of the complete lack of spacing. But on the other side of that, they they essentially finished the quarter, the second quarter, with Biombo on uh, Jokic, and and then Biombo <laughs> didn't play again for, for the yep. rest for the rest of the game. So two questions: think, If sure. we're planning on switching, if we're planning on trying to punish the switching of the backup lineup for the Denver Nuggets, are we at the point where do you want to see that again where they try um, DeAndre Ayton in those minutes? Or are we just going to try to put Jock Landale in there and let Jock Landale try to punish switches and leave DeAndre Ayton with the starters as much as possible? What do you, what There's do you a third option too, you know. Which is small? Which is go small. When are we going to see it? Yeah. With, De- with I don't know. talking about with Kevin Durant at center. 
Yeah, so I, I guess that's the only thing is, do you necessarily, were those, I can't remember, those were minutes with Aiton on the floor and Durant was resting, right? Y- yes. So ideally you don't want to keep Durant, I mean, Durant, he can't play 48 minutes, right? So you'd have to alter the rotations a little bit in order to make that work. Um, otherwise, yes, we, we're probably, the second best option to me is is going with Jock. Um, and I think the reason Jock played in the second half is just for the offensive purposes. I don't think Biz was necessarily even bad tonight. Uh, he's just overmatched, and we expected that. It's nothing we well, didn't expect. I just if he got you're putting Biz, yeah, you're putting Biz against Jokic. Yeah, it's, you know? it is what it is. Yeah, he's, it's like a six inch diff, not that much, but it's like a four inch difference. It's a and lot a, and a pretty big weight advantage for Nikola Jokic as well. So, just not sure if that they that that's the answer. I didn't mind it in this particular game, just giving it a try, trying to give DeAndre in the touches that he probably wants. And I think he was fine in those minutes as far as just finding ways to punish that small lineup. I, I just, look, when we talked about this series, we talked about it as the DeAndre Ayton series, the legacy series, if you will, for DeAndre Ayton. And it wasn't because we wanted him in the game when Jokic was out. It's because we wanted him in the game when Jokic was in and, and to play good defense. And to be fair, I think he played good post defense on Jokic. Like that was good. But if they're just going to completely go away from giving him post touches because the pick and roll is working too well, that's not that's not the type of good that it's we want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially if it ends up with him out in the perimeter and unsure of where to go and unsure of what to do. And, you know, and Durant's fighting you know, his way to 14 rebounds because there's nobody underneath. Got to find an answer for that. Got to find it. Any other thoughts? I know there's probably more, but there's another game in two days. Yeah, another game on Monday, obviously. I mean, look, guys, last look at the box score here. The Nuggets had 101 shots. The Suns had 84. Yeah. If, If both of them, if both teams had taken, say, 90 field goal attempts... I think it's fair to say the Suns win this game. Now, obviously, it would take so much work in order to swing the possession battle back into that direction. But so what you need to do for game two is shore up the transition defense, shore up the defensive rebounding, not turn the ball over seven times if you're Kevin Durant, take more threes, yada, yada, yada. It's a lot of work in front of them. But uh, technically, possession by possession, like just on a per-possession basis, maybe the Suns had a, or not a possession basis, but just on a per-shot Attempt, uh, the Suns were the more efficient offense tonight, so I don't know, man. Yeah, don't turn it over. Fight for rebounds. Find an answer for that pick and roll. Maybe consider playing players who can shoot <laughs> the basketball a little bit, and I know it's tough because the players on the Suns, this is the reality of the Suns. People want uh, them to shoot more, but the players that can shoot on the Suns are kind of bad at everything else. <laughs> but campaign is one of the options that you mentioned, Sam, that has other potential skills that could be useful in this series. And I think those are the main things that we can talk about. This is a Nuggets team is a team that can punch you in the mouth. That's, we always knew that that was something that they could do. And game one at home, I think that was a huge swing and they connected right in the sun's face. And it's up to them to respond well in game two and beyond. Any other thoughts? We're about to learn. About the the character of this team, if you will, the soul, <laughs> the battle for the soul of the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, all the all those uh, like they, Hoosiers, Gene Hackman phrases. Yeah, yeah. Are they quitters or uh, can they come out and 
make us happy in game. Do they want to be on the Suns next year? (laughs) That could be the question. (laughs) We did not bring up any of those conversations yet. We're not ready for that. We're not ready for that. There's at least three more games (laughs) of this series. (laughs) But there are two players in particular in the starting five who are playing for their futures, very very much so playing for their futures on the Phoenix Suns. And look, if we got to get there eventually, we'll get there. So that's all. All right. We will be back after game two, hopefully with a more fun, more positive podcast. We appreciate you guys that, especially you that listen after losses, because we do these regardless, win or or lose. We're going to do them regardless. So thank you all for listening and we'll be back soon. 